Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Sunday morning, the date it's September 6th, and we're officially one week away from Chicago Bears football. I'm Eros Wildewitt. Here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. The two of us, we just wanted to share some of our initial thoughts and reactions to the Bears' 53-man roster that was announced last night. But before we do, Nick, did you see that the Lions signed Adrian Peterson? I did see that. So, familiar foes coming back to the NFC North for, you know, start off this Bears 2020 season. We'll see AP. You know he has like 14 touchdowns against the Bears? I do. So, it's not, it's not uh, I guess, the best signing. And we'll see what AP really has left. But, yeah, it's, he's definitely hurt the Bears in years past for sure. Yeah, uh, luckily he has more touchdowns against another team. And luckily even more, that team is the Green Bay Packers. So, he, he has 17 against them. But every time I think of Adrian Peterson, I always remember that very first game, his rookie year, when he had 224 against Levy Smith's defense. And I just hope to God we don't see anything even close to that next week here in Chicago for week one. Well, you know what I mean, but you feel on that too? I'm not like worried, worried, but I just get a little bit of that PTSD when it comes to Adrian Peterson, just knowing what he has done against our defenses in the past. No, I get you. I mean, I think it's normal to kind of have, you know, that that factor in there where it's Adrian Pearson. He could do – we've seen it in the past. But, look, he just got signed. It's a week to get prepared for the game plan, all this stuff. And he is a veteran. But, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen, though. We'll talk about it more throughout the week, I'm sure. I'm sure it won't be a huge talking point, but one we'll need to keep on our radar. But before we kind of share some of our initial thoughts on the roster, Nick, we've had listeners for the last – few months asking you know hey when are you gonna be starting your annual fantasy football leagues and I'm just wanting to let them know that they can now join our fantasy leagues of the year and just let them know where the where to go how to join these leagues can I go ahead and do that first before we talk about the roster 
Yeah, let's do it. Awesome, because I can't wait to get people inside of our fantasy football leagues this year. We've been doing this for now six seasons, having our annual fantasy football competition. And you're wondering, competition? Well, of course, it's fantasy football. It's always going to be a competition. But each and every year, we do like to send out a free gift to the winner of the league. And for the second straight year, we're going to be sending out Chicago Audible Fantasy League champion t-shirts to the winners of our leagues. We have four different leagues that you can join. And if you're wanting to join them, just head on over to chicagoaudible.com slash fantasy. It will take you to a page that has links to all four of our leagues. We have two on ESPN. One of them is non-PPR. One of them is PPR. And then two on Yahoo, which is exactly the same one league that is no PPR, while the other one is points per reception. Once you're on that page, you'll see buttons that just say join the specific league that you are wanting to join. Once you click on it, it will take you to the league. Just make sure you follow through in the settings and you're all good to go. Uh, The one thing we ask is that if you're going to join a league, just make sure you can make the draft time. Uh, Be courteous to your fellow Bears fans. And on top of that, don't join more than one league. Uh, I've had to kick people out of one uh, just because they joined multiple. Uh, We're trying to limit this to only one person uh, having one league only, uh, just because there are a lot of listeners that want to play with us, have some good fantasy football fun, and we want to make sure we're keeping it as open as possible. Um, our draft times are going to be on Tuesday, this Tuesday, September 8th. Uh, the first one is at 8.15 p.m. Chicago time, and the latest one that we're offering this year is at 9.15 p.m. Chicago time. So again, head on over to chicagoaudible.com slash fantasy. Choose the fantasy league that you would like to join. Enter our contest. Play some fantasy football with Nick and myself, as well as some other Bears fans, and just, well, good luck. All right, so getting back to business here, Nick, the main focus for our show today is that 53-man roster. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Just some initial thoughts and reactions. And I know there's a few things that we each got right, a few things that we each got wrong. And I know you did some telling yourself, and you said that we each had seven players uh, inaccurate uh, with our 53-man rosters one way or the other. So no matter what, even though we went two different directions, we ended up, oddly enough, tying. Yeah, so it was interesting. I'm like, all right, I think I definitely beat Will here. Just when I saw the initial 53 and just the guys I had, and I'm remembering what you had there. But then when I started totaling totaling them up, it's like, oh, Will's got seven. I got seven. So we're both, you know, same exact uh, number there. But, yeah, there were some interesting, I think, cuts, and we'll definitely talk about them in a few minutes here. Yeah, I mean, some cuts are interesting. I think some additions are interesting. How proud are you for saying that Ryan Nall was going to make the team, and he did? You know, that felt good because I was getting some, you know, uh, I guess some backlash for from you and Brandon, and then uh, Will Ingles also joined in um, uh, on Twitter there. But, yeah, I think just for week one, it, it kind of makes sense. I think Pierce is maybe a guy that when practice squads get finalized, I can definitely see him being on that spot, actually – Looking at mine, I don't even have him on there. I have Napoleon Maxwell. But it would make sense for Pierce to be on the practice squad. But 
it did feel good having Ryan Allen. Look, he finally gets his chance to start off the season on the active roster, so good for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. Uh, it makes sense, like you said, in terms of he's been around and they're comfortable with him. I thought Pierce would have been someone a little bit more dynamic in the backfield. And again, hopefully, at least in my case, they keep him on the practice squad. Do you think this has any bit of confidence in David Montgomery's health, though, entering week one? Or is if they kept Ryan All or not, they would have probably felt the same about Montgomery. I'm just curious if you think this is them feeling optimistic that he should be ready to go for week one or not. You know, I think the Bears do feel pretty good where David Montgomery's at, where he's at in just his recovery process and just getting back into good enough football shape, I would say. Not necessarily 100% health, but I think they are feeling pretty good for what he can do and what the game plan is for week one against the Lions. All right. Um, going through my list of other things that we got right, we both had Javon Wims making the team. That was uh, that's exciting to see. I didn't want him to leave. Uh, there's always a good potential there with Javon Wims. Anything you wanted to mention on that? You know, I think uh, it's a credit to him and, like, how much he's improved. I know he was asked during one of his Zoom press conferences, like, what's something that he wanted to work on. It was just running a little bit lower because he's naturally a taller receiver, and he said that, you know, now going into his third season, he has really improved on that aspect of his game. And like we said earlier, if Javon Wynn is going to make this team, and obviously he did make the 53-man roster, there needs to be some kind of special teams, con- you know, contribution there. Just whether it's on, you know, kickoff or what, whatever it may be, I think you have to see that at some point. Um, and we, I think we all, I think we're anticipating Darnell Mooney having a little bit more of an impact. So Javon Wims may be a guy that. Special teams early on for sure, and obviously he'll get maybe some reps here and there throughout the season at wide receiver. Well, hopefully so if they're keeping him on the active roster there. Uh, Other news, uh, I had the Bears keeping five tight ends. They did. I know you updated your 53-man after the podcast, and you put on Eric Salbert, so either you had some good inside information or you got lucky. I think it was the second one. Uh, Yeah, I didn't get any inside (laughs) information. I just felt like based off the camp and what we were hearing about the tight ends and uh, obviously me just messing up putting Marquis Christian on the active roster and just completely forgetting about his suspension I have one more one more spot on the roster to fill and just Eric Sauber kept coming up from from reporters like here's another good catch here's you know another productive day from the tight end group in general and Eric Sauber's name was mentioned in there so yeah I just put him to be that fifth tight end but I think it just shows that Nagy really is obviously liking what he's seeing from the entire group, obviously from his main guys, but then also Eric Saubert that, you know, kind of finalized the bottom there. Yeah, and when you go with more of a Saubert, you're going with a guy who is more of a a wide tight end, that in-line blocking guy, where if they would have went with a fifth as that being Jesper Horstead, you're kind of valuing a little bit more of a receiving tight end, so... With them wanting to go with someone who's a better blocker at the bottom, perhaps you're looking at some heavier packages. Uh, perhaps they just felt really good um, about the receiving options with their top two guys in Graham, Komet. Maybe Harris could be sneakily good there as well this season. But they must have felt pretty good and felt like having an extra blocker was more important here uh, than keeping Jesper Horstead on the roster for receiver. And hopefully Horstead makes this practice squad. I wouldn't be surprised if another team claimed him though just because of they did see him last training camp last preseason a little bit towards the end of last season as well so he is someone I think is uh 
a mild risk of being not poached, but just claimed off of waivers here. And hopefully not, and he can make it back to the Bears practice squad because I'm sure they would love to keep him around and keep him in the locker room and just kind of keep him in the rack pocket overall. Uh, looking over on the defense, Nick, you did have the Bears keeping five outside linebackers, but I told you Isaiah Irving wasn't going to make this team. Yeah, no, you, you did, and you were right on that one. Um, but we no one really expected James Waters to be that mm-hmm. guy that to replace him. But we saw some flashes, I guess, some good things from him, obviously, in preseason uh, last year. But credit to him for just putting in the work and obviously continuing his growth to become a guy that the Bears felt confident in keeping on the 53. And, look, you really highlighted what Isaiah Irving did, which was nothing, basically, in his Bears career. And the Bears just made a move. Let's give somebody else an opportunity. And that was always, you know, a very realistic reality that could have happened with with an Isaiah Irving. But I like that James Vodders, you know, put in the effort is now on this 53. And we'll see what he can do with that. What intrigues me about this is remember last preseason, how much I wanted Vodders to make that final roster. I mean, he played out of his mind throughout the entire preseason. He did make flashes in training camp and. I was surprised when he wasn't on the team and they ended up going with an Isaiah Irving instead. So for them to make the switch, I'm hoping it was more of Vodders giving them reasons not to let him go, more of Irving not giving the Bears reasons to keep him, and then instead they're going with Vodders because if it was Vodders continuing to elevate his game and surplant Irving, I think that's the better scenario for the Bears than the other way, which would be, well, if Isaiah's not showing us anything, I guess we go with Vodders, but... Uh, again, we don't get a watch of practices where we haven't this year, so we don't know which way or the other, and I'm hoping it's the first one. Yeah, no, that would be the best uh, situation because I think you can get a little bit more productivity when those backups do come in because, like we said, Isaiah Irving was just not a guy that produced or did really much at the position when he got his opportunity. So, But James Byers can go in there and actually, not I'm not going to say like make impact plays, like huge plays in a game, but just be a steady guy, you'll take that. You know, if he can be a valuable part of the rotation, come in fresh and use maybe the fatigue of the offensive line in front of him to his advantage. I mean, he's quick enough. He's strong enough. I think he can make plays. Again, when he's making plays against twos and threes in preseason games, that's one thing. I know when he played a little bit last year, he kind of got washed out of some plays, and we need to see that correct itself. And hopefully the Bears are feeling good about that to keep him a part of this rotation at outside backer. Uh, Going back to the offense, we'll just bounce around. Uh, Arlington Hambright made the cut. So the Bears are keeping nine offensive linemen. Neither of us had nine linemen. Neither of us had one of the seventh-round picks. Uh, in this case, Hambright making the team. Are you surprised by that at all still, or is it something that, you know, if it happened, it happened? Yeah, I think I'll go with, you know, the later there with the it happened and happened. But Hambright's a guy that, interesting college career, was just bouncing around, played at, you know, a couple different places, uh, but then obviously got his shot. And I think that what – Obviously, what he showed was enough, and maybe what the Bears... Look, they have nine offensive line. I think that's a little bit uh, more than they've had in the past. I want to say they've usually had eight or around that number, so bringing them on the nine and still actually having Alex Bars making the 53, um, maybe it just goes back to your point earlier. Maybe there's going to be a little bit more emphasis on establishing a run game. You have the five tight ends, one including J.P. Holtz, which I think we know is going to be more in that run factor uh, and then you have the nine offensive linemen. So I think just looking at how the roster is, even a Ryan Nald, if you want to look at it like that, 
there might be this might be a transition where the Bears want to establish and maybe keep going with the run longer than they have been in two years since Matt Nagy's been there. And I know that's something that's why I factored in. I think David Montgomery having more the most touchdowns. Like they're just gonna have more of an emphasis to want to stay with the run. And maybe the the fifty three man roster is kind of telling us that. Yeah, that's an interesting point there, Nick. Uh, we both did get our safeties in the end because I know Christian's going to be suspended, but DHC made the cut. I don't think we need to discuss that, really, but just saying we both got our safeties. We both went different ways, but they're both here. We'll see what happens after a couple weeks, how they want to move the roster pieces around because uh, that would be something that could end up being changed. Um, outside of that, I know we both had six defensive linemen making the team. They only went with five. Abdullah Anderson was cut. Should be a good guy to make it back to the practice squad, so he'll be around. Uh, running back, I mentioned Pierce already not making it. Um, and I guess the biggest surprise uh, would be at corner, at least for me, there's two. Um, the one's the bigger talking point. One, they kept Duke Shelley on the team despite a very poor camp, and you had that. But the bigger one that no one saw coming really was Kevin Tolliver getting cut. So the Bears, they enter training camp or plan to enter training camp with a four-player battle for this starting CB2 spot. Jalen Johnson, Trey Roberson, then you have Artie Burns, and and Kevin Tolliver. Tolliver got cut, Burns and Roberson got hurt, and now all we have left is Jalen Johnson. Are you worried about depth at corner overall? And we can talk about Tolliver getting cut, and if you think he'll make the practice squad, or if there's something more underneath the surface there, but that was a bigger surprise, or maybe the biggest surprise that we saw out of cuts. Uh, but cornerback in general is a real interesting position, just... It didn't even go anywhere near according to plan, uh, at least what the Bears were hoping for it to kind of go through. Yeah, it was really interesting to see that Kevin Tolliver didn't at least make the 53-man roster. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, since the beginning, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace have loved what he's done, and he was in the mix to have that opposite cornerback position of, of Kyle Fuller, but he's waived, he's cut, so he's not even on the team anymore, and now it really is just Jalen Johnson you got to think that with Prince of Mukamura being let go recently, that's got to be something that's intriguing for the Bears because what else do you have out there, really, unless you're really looking to put, um, like we were talking about on the last show, maybe Buster Screen actually does kind of go out there and is maybe backup or even the starter if Jalen Johnson's not ready to go. And that's why you do have a Duke Shelley and a Kendall Vildor there so to, to play those nickel corners. So it was interesting, um, especially because it was just – presented to us that he was a true competitor he obviously didn't get the job and he's not even on the team yeah no it's interesting again you go from starting for a starting starting for a starting spot competing for a starting spot and ended up being cut and that's not really good I don't know if it's just due to not showing anything no progress no development and like hey we need to find a better option to be a backup outside corner or if they just Weirdly enough, Nick, they could feel comfortable with their guys that they have in this room right now with their ability to play inside or outside. Uh, where Jalen Johnson's at physically, mentally, getting ready for this uh, opening week here against Detroit. So it's one of those where I would like to hear from the coaches, you know, what went behind that decision so we can understand it a little bit more. And I'm sure they'll just say, oh, we feel real good about the guys we got. And then a few days later, they can end up bringing in someone else. So. I don't think we'll ever really know, um, but it will be something I'll be keeping tabs on as well. Um, Other than that, looking through my list, I did note, and I talked to you about this right before we went live or went recording, that no undrafted free agents made the team this year, which is interesting because usually you'll find one of those sticking around and 
maybe it's just due to the Bears and other teams feeling safer about stashing some of these guys because you don't have visible practices, you don't have preseason games. So keeping the buzz down and really just some of the knowledge about these players, it's more internal this year. So I guess they maybe they feel safer about letting a few of these guys go through the waiver process in hopes to bring them back. But I'm surprised not one undrafted free agent, whether it's Rashad Smith, uh, that was the big one I was hoping, or maybe Artavis Pierce. Um, but no one did. Were you surprised at the end of the day? Because, again, usually one of these guys stick around. Yeah, I don't know if I would say I'm like surprised at all. The, obviously, the Bears felt good with what they initially had, and maybe these newcomers are just going to be guys that are, are practice squad eligible, and they can just kind of grow within the system. And with this, I guess, expanded practice squad, you can stash more of those undrafted guys there. Uh, one one other thing that I was surprised, maybe not surprised, but Eddie Pinero is the kicker. We both had, I think, Cairo Santos being the guy and then Eddie Pinero being on the practice squad. So that is an indication, it should be, that his health, his groin injury is getting better. And he obviously is ready for week one against the Lions, but that's something we will see as we go throughout the season, where Eddie Pinero is at, how they're feeling about him. And we'll, I think we'll see Cairo Santos again, it's just on the practice squad for the Bears, because you can't really, I think, anticipate Eddie Pinheiro finishing out a season healthy, just because he hadn't showed it really throughout his NFL career. I would still wait and be skeptical on that one, uh, just because of what I talked about in the last show about maybe you have to put Pinheiro on an IR. So I think in order to put him on IR, he needs to make the team. Because if you cut them and then it goes through a whole different waiver process, that may change. So perhaps it's something where you make the roster official, then you designate them on IR, and then you can either bring someone off the practice squad if they want to go with Santos. I know some other kickers got cut yesterday, too, that maybe the Bears were waiting to see as well. But I wouldn't put all my eggs in the basket of Panero kicking yet week one. Uh, we'll see how it kind of shifts throughout the week. I would think that's best-case scenario if he is healthy enough. You don't need to be doing too much fluctuation at the kicker position I think we all would like some stability there but this may just be the path they have to take to protect him make sure he doesn't go anywhere put him on that injury reserve so they can elevate him whenever he is healthy but hopefully it's a bit of confidence in itself because I would like to hear that too yeah it'd be reassuring I think for you know a lot there's a lot of issues still with this team let's not make kicker one of the main ones as we go throughout this 2020 NFL season I agree. Is there anything else in the 53? I think we hit on all the big items that went differently than how we discussed on our previous episode. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, not exactly how we anticipated, but we had obviously some good hits on on what we projected. There were obviously some little surprises, but nothing too crazy. I think Kevin Tolliver was the main one, but other than that, it seems pretty straightforward. All right. Uh, Again, we don't have too much to discuss here, Nick. I know since the last time we talked... We decided on our previous episode that we thought it would be Mitchell Trubisky being the starting quarterback, and that has been announced. Uh, I know you were pretty adamant, too, like you don't want to talk about it anymore. This is the last time I hope we have to talk about this whole quarterback battle competition thing, but I did want to at least keep the door cracked, keep it open. Maybe you wanted to discuss the decision here just a little bit before we kind of wrap up for the day. Yeah, so I mean, when actually when I heard the news, I was outside uh, with my my puppy just playing, and then my brother comes out. Hey, he was you, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter. I'm like, really? Okay, so they made the decision. And then for me, I think just Bears Twitter is just can be such a polarizing and negative place. Like, oh, how can Ryan Pace be such an idiot? Because I think the 
the perception was that, yes, Nick Foles maybe was the better quarterback in camp, and Matt Nagy liked him, but Ryan Pace came out of nowhere with a power move and said, no, we're going to still start Mitchell Trubisky. I'll say this, from a credible source that I reached out to, and this is the quote, it was Nagy's decision in the end, 100%. So this whole Ryan Pace power move that people are just, I think, grabbing out of thin air, really, let's put that to rest. I think this was a decision. Maybe Look, they obviously saw some improvements when Matt Nagy said that you know, he had been calling plays for Mitchell Trubisky the past two years, and he does he hasn't done that for Nick Foles. That was maybe an indicator. When Matt Nagy also said that he likes the, the downfield vision and also him not escaping out of the pocket, that's also an indicator. Those are all coming in the last couple of days of training camp. And now, look, Mitchell Trubisky is a starting quarterback. Let's see what he can do with it. Like, Bears fans, I think, are just so, I don't know, fixated on their them being right and that Nick Foles wasn't the guy they're mad about it look you're going to support the Bears you're going to support whoever gets the most wins and that's what all should come down to but yeah I'd like that's the, I think this is finally it well we'll now start prepping for <laughs> Detroit week one it's Mitch and let's go from there yeah exactly I mean we laid it all out there in the last episode why we thought Mitch would be the option again either way you're gonna find drawbacks and we talked about those in depth as well but at the end of the day it felt like it should be Mitch's job to start this season just based off everything we heard everything we saw and just really the how you can approach this season again if it goes astray and you need to do Nick Foles later maybe that's a good mid-season spark but you have to give Mitch his sink or swim his do or die chance and it's here and we'll talk about it starting week one uh, as we get into our game week preparations but Nick the game is one week from today. Are you starting to get like a little bit more excited? Like I wake up and I'm like, hey, seven days. Like That's amazing. Seven days we'll have Bears football. Obviously Thursday night, Chiefs, Texans. That's going to be – so that will be, I think, a heartache for Bears fans too, seeing Watson, Mahomes. But it's still football's back, and, yeah, I'm so excited. Well, I'm just excited to start prepping. We we have a revamp show coming up for for preview and post game so we're excited about that we will and i got on yesterday talked what an hour and a half about mm-hmm. what we want to do so we're excited about that to unveil that this coming week and yeah we're ready we are excited and ready to go yeah we are ready to go we'll actually be starting our interviews tomorrow which is monday for meet the opponent We'll be doing our game preview later on in the week. And like Nick said, we kind of revamped both of our game preview episodes as well as our post-game format. So expect a better product from us, uh, a better show. And I know we're very excited to kind of unveil that. And just like the Bears, we're trying to get better each and every year. But, Nick, it's finally here. Game week is upon us. We need to start prepping for meet the opponent here this afternoon. Remember, listeners, join our fantasy league at chicagoaudible.com slash fantasy We'll be having our drafts on Tuesday night. Plenty of time to get your roster set before the NFL season kicks off on Thursday night, like Nick just mentioned. So the next time you hear from us, it'll be with our first Meet the Opponent episode of the season, and it'll be time to meet our first opponent of the year, the 2020 Detroit Lions. But until then, bear down, Chicago.
So, Nick, before we go, actually, it just kind of came through that the Bears have uh, signed or claimed Mario Edwards. He's a defensive end, defensive lineman. Uh, he was just cut from the Saints yesterday as they cut down their roster to 53. And former second-round pick back in 2015 uh, from Oakland at the time. So he's had some familiarity with Khalil Mack. Uh, the last two seasons, uh, he played for the Giants and the Saints. Um, combined five sacks those two years. He's someone that... Uh, again, he doesn't have a ton of tackles, only 22 over the last two years, so he doesn't have an overall ton of production. But obviously the Bears here aren't satisfied with their current defensive line depth or they're just trying to bolster it. But either way, someone who has, what, five sacks in the last two years, if you go back to the last three years, he has uh, eight and a half sacks. You can't really go wrong with that. That's more production than some of the other guys on the bottom of this roster, like uh, Brent Urban and uh, Abdullah Anderson, who was also just cut. Yeah, I think it also kind of solidifies what we were thinking in terms of the number of defensive linemen because we both had six, right? So I think now bringing in a Mario Edwards, that that obviously reaches that six number for defensive linemen. I think you need to have extra guys to compensate for not having a Eddie Goldman this season. So it's a, a move that makes sense. I think the Bears just wanted to wait it out, see what other teams did, see if they did have any better options than and Abdullah Anderson, which I think, is, which we talked about, is a guy that is likely to come back on the practice squad. But you have more of an established player, although not maybe as productive as you would have liked for a former second-round draft pick, but someone that had done his job, has produced um, in some form or fashion. But, yeah, it makes sense to have, I think, six defensive linemen. And, and yeah, it kind of just rounds out the entire group a little bit. It does, and he's someone that plays a lot of defensive end. I know they're talking about, at least in New Orleans, that he's someone that was part of the rotation behind like a Cameron Jordan, behind a Marcus Davenport. Uh, so he is someone I think could play more defensive end. I don't know if he can stand up and rush, but he is someone that – I know in Oakland he played defensive end. Cleo Mack played defensive end. So this could be Nick, someone that instead of playing defensive line – they're looking to bolster that outside linebacking group, and maybe good old James Vauders may be on uh, the not the hot seat again, but maybe he gets shifted and bumped down because they have to make a spot for him. So I guess that would be very telling of who ends up getting cut to make space for him. That may tell us exactly where he's going to be end up fitting. But very interesting going with the Mario Edwards here. Yeah, so again, there. I think we're going to see a lot of these little moves still in the next coming days before you know they're actually starting to prepare for week one against the Lions. You'll see more cuts. You'll see maybe surprise cuts from other teams, and the Bears are like, hey, we need to bring in so-and-so to really complete this roster. So it's the first of what I anticipate being many little little transactions here and there to really finalize this, this 53-man roster. Yep. Okay, well, I don't know if we have anything else to say about Mario Edwards just yet. We'll figure out more as we get more information throughout this week. But I thought that was an interesting one that kind of arose as we were just finishing up our uh, podcast recording, and I'm glad we were able to squeeze that one in. Is there any other news, Nick, before we hop off? I don't think so. Checking the Twitter, constantly refreshing it. Not seeing anything yet, but likely as soon as we start stop recording, there's something else that happens, right? Yeah, uh, usually. So let's go ahead and sneak on out before anything else like that happens.